Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of us are excited to be here tonight? Can you lift those hands and just worship the name of the Lord? Let's give him all the glory because it is going to be a life-transforming encounter this weekend. So go ahead and thank God ahead of time. Thank him in faith ahead of time because you know your life will never remain the same after this weekend. Come on, give the Lord praise. Let's worship him. Let's give him all the glory. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. How many of us have read in scriptures? Sometimes the Bible will say, on a certain day, an remarkable event will happen. On a certain day, particular day, Elisha was just minding his father's oxen, his father's business. It looks like a regular day, but it was a day that his destiny changed. Today might have started like a regular day for you like any other Friday. But I want to tell you in the precious name of Jesus, it's a day that a new beginning has begun in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. On this day, all of God's promises for your life will begin to find fulfillment and expression in us in the name of Jesus. So because we know this is what the Lord is going to do, come on, let's put our hands together for the Lord one more time. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Now, this is the truth. We are family. So we are excited to be here. We look forward to being here. We look forward to seeing you wonderful people of God in Lexington. This is the truth. This is home for me. I feel at home on the streets, in the neighborhood. Everything looks good. I wish I could take this with me to California. <laughs> Glory be to God's name. I want to give a honor to whom honor is due. Pastor Marion and Pastor Stephanie for a great job that they are doing. Come on, let's put our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, when you have a pastor that is a prophet that knows the word and can preach, and a pastor misses that can preach and can sing, I don't know what else you are looking for. Come on, let's put our hands together for the Lord for this wonderful people. I am, I am thinking, I appreciate Pastor Stephanie's voice more than you all. I just want her to sing uh, the anointed voice as she sings. So we, we are going to have a great time here this weekend in Jesus' name. Dr. Coy, the Lord bless you. Good to see you, Dr. D, uh, Prophet Marvin, your wife from North Carolina, the man of God, and of course, Pastor Toye from Houston. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. Now... We prepared and we look forward to be here. And I know that your life will change forever in the name of Jesus. It already started during the worship. So it's going to begin to ascend, begin to ascend, begin to get in the, in, begin to take on like a flight. And tonight we're going to get into the cruising altitude. And in the name of Jesus, you will land in God's plan and God's purpose for your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let us pray. 
Spirit of the living God, I thank you tonight for this time. I submit to your Lordship. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that no one's life will remain the same. I pray for the fulfillment of this meeting. Let the intent, let your purpose for a fine expression in each one's life. Let no life remain the same in the name of Jesus. Let the testimony continue till eternity, till the coming of, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord as we take our seat. Hallelujah. You know, we serve a God of times and seasons. Not as in calendar years. Because the season of the Lord are made up of the calendar years, months, and days. God of time and season because attached to his programs. In scriptures, I found out that God has a daily program of his faithfulness for his people. In Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, the Bible says, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. One of the things we need to understand as Christian in the Lord is that every day there is a daily benefit. Yesterday's disappointment is not a liability on today's promise. The Bible says they are new every morning. So no matter what happened yesterday, it's a new day. They are new every morning. We may be in the evening right now, but because we are in church for the first time today, it's in the morning in the spirit. So right now, God is about to do something new in your life. God also has a program, weekly program agenda from scriptures for his people. He has monthly visitation for his people. Now, the two-stream conference is our appointment at Bethel Harvest Church with the Lord. So it's a time to come before the Lord and say, Lord, this last one year, this is what I've done in my life. Then, Lord, I'm here for what you're about to do in the next one year. In Revelation chapter 22 from verse 1 to 3, talking about the monthly visitation of God in his people, he says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life. Revelation 22 verses 1 to 3, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of his street and on either side of the river, was a tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. So every month, God has a healing and deliverance program. So we serve a God of times and season. And God also keeps yearly appointment, which is what the Lord has laid in Pastor Marion's heart, this Two-stream conference is an annual program. Now, I'm taking my time to say this for you to understand that this is not any other conference. You may, in the course of the year, host other conferences, but two-stream is God's own appointment that God has vowed and promised to meet with you. 
So when you come, you have come to keep an appointment with the Lord. And the one that has invited you is here to meet you. And in the precious name of Jesus, this year's conference will not be over without an encounter, without a change of level, without your breakthroughs in Jesus' mighty name. So just be alert, just be ready as the word of God begins to go forth from all the pastors, all the anointed men and women of God, even when they minister in songs, God is going to be visiting you in Jesus' mighty name. And of course, we know yearly or annual appointment. We can see one story in 1 Samuel chapter 1. I've not read all of it because of time. Talking about Hannah, talking about uh, Penina, Elkanah, Penina, and Hannah. And uh, in verse 7, we talk about this woman that was believing God for a child and being tormented by the other woman. But the Lord said in verse 7, so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord. Year by year, the Lord brought them to meet with him year by year. And, and the children of Israel, when they were on their way out of Egypt, in Exodus chapter 13, I will read verse 10. It says, you shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. So we serve a God of times and season. I want to start for you to know that you are in that season of divine visitation. You are in that season where things will begin to change and turn around for your good. Now, this is how we're going to begin. Every disappointment, every pain, every hurt, everything negative that you have carried to this point, be ready to submit it at the feet of Jesus. I want you to promise the devil that a new you will emerge after this weekend. I want you to tell the devil that it's not the same you that started tonight that will finish Sunday night in the name of Jesus. Because you have come to keep an appointment, an annual appointment with the Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So we are going to get into the word of the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 49, I want to begin to read. Verse 14, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child? And not have compassion on the son of her womb. He says, surely they may forget. Yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your words are continually before me. Is there anyone here tonight that is feeling forgotten? Is there anyone here tonight that you've been waiting on God for a touch, for a visitation, or for a breakthrough? The Lord is speaking to you right here. But Zion said, the Lord has forgotten me. He said, no, I cannot forget you. I have graven you on the palm of my hands. Let me share one testimony with you. In the year 2000, that was the year that I came to the United States. And when I came, I found myself in a small city in the Bay Area, Award, California. Maybe about 100,000 people. Maybe something around that place. Somehow, I began to ask myself, why am I here? And prior to this day, the Lord spoke to me expressly 
I have brought you to the United States to use you to bless my people. Preach my word, I will take care of you. Nothing in the hand of engineers, doctors, and accountants will command your envy. Just preach, I will take care of you. I knew that. But you know, after a week or two, I began to feel lonely. I began to feel uh, out of place. I began to ask myself, why am I here? Now, where is Chicago? I began to think about a big city far away from here. Where is New York? Far away from here. Where is Houston? Far away from here. Small city. Then I told myself I'm going to find help from scriptures. So I vowed to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So I started on day one. I began to read. I can't tell how many days or how many weeks into this when I got to Isaiah chapter 49 and I got to this verse. I, now, this is the story that surrounded this experience. Uh, my wife had a job. She was making $320 a week. And the $320 a week can't do much. So three weeks of work will pay our rent, three weeks. So four of us then, we had to leave two children then, we had to leave on 300. So nothing was enough. Then I got into scriptures. I began to read Genesis. I said, solution must be in God's word. Now, as I got into Isaiah chapter 49, I got on this verse. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget an innocent child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. The translation that I read, okay, you say, I have graven thee on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Light broke from heaven. I saw God on his table, like an office table. I saw my name on a post-it paper, those small paper in the office. God taped it on the monitor of his computer. I said, I got to work on this guy before the close of work today. I have graven thee at the palm of my hand. That's what it translated to me. So in other words, God said, today I must work on you before I close office. I read that scripture like crazy. This thing entered me. I called my wife at work. In those days, I was no, we didn't have cell phone. But I had a small pager that she gave me for emergency. I paged her. She quickly called me. She said, what's going on? What's going on? I said, God spoke to me. He said, is that why you paged me? I said, yes. She said, but this is no emergency. I said, it's emergency. She got mad, of course. Then she said, you can't use it like that. It's when something happened, the children or something. <laughs> we read this scripture several times. I said, okay, call me during your lunch and hold your Bible. She called at lunch. She held her Bible. And we read this scripture together. In 24 hours, I read these scriptures more than 50 times, this verse. The next day, breakthrough happened. The next day, we got a call that changed the income from $320 a week to $900 a week. The next day. The next day. So as I began to prepare for tonight, actually this afternoon, the Holy Ghost spoke to me from this scripture. And I believe God is speaking concerning someone. I believe in the next 24 hours, somebody's breakthrough will come in the name of Jesus. So if you are here tonight, you have been feeling lost. You have been feeling out of place. You have been feeling forgotten. God is saying, 
can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of a womb? You and I know this is not possible. If you can't forget your child, God has not forgotten you. It may feel like it, it may look like it, but that is not it is. God has not forgotten you. Tonight, God is saying, I am going to work on you. Tonight, I am going to fix your case. Tonight, I'm going to, I'm going to attend to your causes in the name of Jesus. So, life-changing event comes suddenly. Tonight, suddenly, I believe something is coming to you in the name of Jesus. Tonight, I am preaching, ministering on the making of a star. The making of a star. First of all, you must know as God's child, you are born as a star to shine. You are not born again to live the lowly life. You are born again to shine in your field, in your community, in your family, in your homes. Glory be to God's name. We know that the Bible is the eternal law that reigns supreme in all spheres of life. You are not born again to remain the same. In Revelations, the Bible says in verse, chapter 22, verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hear say, come, and let him who test, come. Whoever desire, let him take the water of life freely. So God is saying, I am the bright morning star. As many as you will hear it and receive it, come and shine like a star. So God is saying to you, he's asking me to remind you tonight, that you are born to shine as a star in life. Please forget about every disappointment, every pain that you have seen. Those don't qualify, they don't disqualify you from God's blessing. They only make your testimony stronger. Are you hearing me tonight? The testimony of Joseph wouldn't have meant so much if he hadn't been in the pit and in the prison. So you are born again to shine as a star. So in this book of Revelation, Jesus was giving you and I an invitation to come and shine as a star. A bright morning star means star that shines early. So some of us are overdue for shining. But in the precious name of Jesus, uh, no matter what has been taken or stolen or removed from you, the Lord will restore in the name of Jesus. In John chapter 17 and verse 18, he says, as you sent me into the world, I also sent you into the world. He came as a star. He's sending you and I as stars in the world. So you are a star. Somebody say, I am a star. Somebody say, I am born to shine as a star. If you believe it, say it tonight. If you believe it, say, you know, God is going to confirm whatever you say from your mouth. 
If you believe you are born to shine as a star, I want to declare it, I am born to shine as a star. I am born to shine as a star. In the name of Jesus. So the Bible says, as he sent me into the world, I also, Jesus, sent you and I into the world. So I am born a star. Listen tonight, you will never become what you don't see in Scripture. That is why we are beginning by making you by the help of the Holy Ghost see that you are a star. You may not look like it. That's okay. Joseph didn't look like somebody that would be on the throne. Are you following me? When David was running from forest to forest, he didn't look like somebody that would make it to the palace. So that you don't look like it means nothing. The hand of God and the favor of God and the writing of God concerning your life is all it takes to bring it to pass in your life. All God wants from you is to believe it and agree with him. And in the name of Jesus, from tonight, your, shine, your star will continue to shine in the name of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 11, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason is not ashamed to call them brethren. This is our joint heritage with Jesus. Himself and ourselves together. That's why we are his brothers and sisters. So to shine as a star is not what to wait for. It is who you are. It is not what to pray for. It is what to receive and walk into. So you just accept it and change your mentality that you are a star. Situations of life, circumstances of life don't disqualify you from God's provision. The devil may shake the plan of God, but he can't change it. That the devil is trying to mess with you is not breaking news. He's always going to be doing that. The devil will never repent. He has a ministry to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But the Bible says, but have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came to restore what the enemy is breaking. He came to restore what the enemy is stealing. He came to restore what the enemy is killing and destroying. So we have a provision. God made a provision to circumvent all the lies of the devil. So what are the steps that will lead us to shining as a star? I believe some of us already took the first step, which is new birth. Because all of provisions of God is for the redeemed. All the provisions of Jesus, he came to save the world and the provision, the blessing reserved for those that have given their life to Jesus. In John chapter 3 from verse 5, Jesus says, and most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He said, in verse 8, he said, the wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. When you are born again, you qualify for God's best. Satan uses ignorance to 
take us from God's provision. One of the things I'm going to submit to you tonight is this. Never allow your circumstances to redefine you. Don't allow what you are going through in life to redefine your identity in God. Satan's greatest strategy and weapon is for you not to know who you are in Christ. That you are going through some storm of life will never disqualify you from what God has for you. As a matter of fact, it solidifies you to become the best of God. You won't have a story if you haven't been through stuff. I've just told you the story of when I couldn't afford a rent, $895. But I wasn't poor. I didn't see myself as poor. I didn't see myself as lacking. I just needed a solution, which I found from Scripture. So, new birth qualifies you and I for the best of God. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. One translation of the Bible says, that may have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. To the full. In other words, more than enough. Tonight, in the precious name of Jesus, I decree that whatever is lacking in your life, you will soon begin to have in abundance in the name of Jesus. Whatever you don't have that is a desire in God right now, in Jesus' precious name, before this year ends, you begin to give it out as a blessing to others. That you may have life to the full till it overflows. So new birth. So you must give your life to Jesus. If you are here tonight, you have never given your life to Jesus. Salvation qualifies you for the best of God. Salvation is what makes you a member of God's family. Then you can share from the inheritance of the family. Abundant life. Number two thing that will qualify you for the best of God, you must be tired of living a mediocre life. You must be tired. You must need a change. Is somebody following me tonight? You know, it's one thing for someone to be going through stuff and wish there'll be a change, but really not asking for a change. Sometimes out of frustrations, we're not doing anything. We're just hanging in there. But for you to see a turnaround, you must desire a change desperately. You must be proactive in looking for change. I told you what happened to me in the year 2000. I didn't like the situation I was in. I found the Bible. I said, no, I, I whined for about a week. For about a week, I would say, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? I felt like going back to Africa. Why am I here? For one week. After one week, I snapped out of my foolishness. I said, I need to find solutions for these things. No. It is not a smart thing for you, for us to do as Christians, to just get there and suck and cry and, and whine and not doing anything about it. That's why I call it foolishness. I did it for about a week. After one week, I told myself, this is not going to save me. This won't change nothing. The word of God is going to change everything. So I told myself, I will read Bible from Genesis to Revelation until I found a change. Job says, all the days of my life will I wait until my change comes. 
Even though he slays me, I will still trust him. So I opened the Bible from Genesis, I began to read. When I got into Isaiah, then I found it. So you must be tired of where you are. You won't experience a change if you, do, if you are not tired of your situation. That you don't like it is not the same thing as seeking a change. So you must actively tell yourself, no, there must be a change. And one of the things to do is to be at Two Streams Conference. Don't take this conference as any other conference, people of God. Because just waiting on God this weekend can change your life forever. I told you I found my home in God's word. At the two-stream two conference, you are going to be hearing God's word from all kinds of angles, corners coming to you. So you are seeking a change. You don't miss any session. You don't miss any service. Say, Lord, between now and Sunday, something must change in my life. Pastor may not have declared a fast. You declare a fast for yourself. Because you are seeking a change. So you must be tired of mediocrity. In Amos chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible says, Woe to you what is in Zion. Zion is the church. Zion is the garden of God's people. So you can be a Christian and be laid back in the church. The Bible says, Woe to you when you just relax and you don't fight for what belongs to you. It's not beneficial to a Christian. Woe to you what is in Zion. So in Zion, in church, there must be some desperation for a miracle. How do you show desperation? You are engaged. You are fully involved. You see, during the worship, I saw Pastor Marion jump up and take the microphone because I also was feeling what he was feeling. And some people were all over this place doing all kinds of stuff. So you must be engaged. You cannot be at ease. There's a song we sing. I don't know if they sing it. Uh, Do not pass me by gentle savior. How many of us know that song? Those old hymn song. Do not pass me by gentle savior. Somebody says in my language, that kind of song, you don't sit down to sing it. Because the savior will go. <laughs> that is not the kind of song you sing, you close your eyes. Do not pass me by gentle Savior. The Savior will have left Kentucky before you find out. <laughs> that kind of song, you open your eyes wide. You see, there are two, there are some prayers you don't close your eyes to pray. <laughs> if you are waiting on the Savior, you don't close your eyes, you probably don't kneel down. Then you come with your running shoes. <laughs> Another prayer, let me just give it to you extra, that you don't pray close your eyes. You are believing God for a wife or a husband. And you are in the church. You got to open your eyes. <laughs> Glory be to God's name. So even when you are praying and you are seeing the sister in church, you close one eyes, you open one <laughs> Glory be to God. So the Bible says, what to you who at ease in Zion? There must be some desperation for a change. 
the blind Bartimaeus was shouting, Jesus, son of Nazareth, son of Nazareth. He didn't care what people say. He didn't care. The woman with the issue of blood didn't care about embarrassment. She was thinking. She dived into the midst of the people and pushed and pressed. She touched the hem of his garment. So at this two-stream conference, you're going to have to press and push and push and shovel and push and push and push until something happens. In the precious name of Jesus, everyone that pushes this weekend, you will receive in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus told the disciples, he said, somebody touch me. Peter said, master, they're not touching you. They are pushing you. <laughs> they are shoveling you. That woman pushed and pushed. She pushed to the front. At this conference, you have to push until you receive. You push in prayer. You push in worship. You push in the dance. You push in the jumping. You, you push in the shouting. You push to be engaged, to be involved in the name of Jesus. How many of us tonight are ready to push? Can we push and give the Lord a shout tonight? Let's push with a shout offering. Let's give a shout. Let me tell you something. God is here this weekend. But you must let him know you are here. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So you are ordained to shine as a star, but you have a part to play. Nobody arrives at a future they cannot see. So you must see yourself as a star, must find out what it takes. This is what we are going through tonight as we start this conference. Number three, you must accept the responsibilities that come with being a star. There is no success that is cheap. You must accept the responsibility that comes with being a star. I read biographies of people, especially successful people. And one of those biographies I've read was about Muhammad Ali. Isn't it from this state, Kentucky? Glory be to God's name. I read from him, he said... The fight were not won in the stadiums. The fight were not won under the floodlights. The fight were not won in the midst and the presence of everyone. The fight were won on the hills early morning on the mountains in the cold. As I jog round through the night. He said, when I do push-up, I don't count from the beginning. I count when it begins to hurt. He said, do I like it? He said, no, I don't like it, but I like to be a champion. There is a price for greatness. There is a price for greatness. 
Christianity is not a shortcut to succeed in life. Christianity does not relieve us of our responsibility. You must find out what does it take to be a star. Some of us may have to get more degrees. Some of us may have to change our jobs. Some of us may have to leave our job and start some businesses. You must find out with the help of the Holy Spirit. Lord, how can I become a star like this? What do you want me to do? Some of us may have to start a new business. Some of us, there is no provision in your, line, in, in your present place of work. You may have to make some maneuvers in career. The most constant thing in life is change. Because change keeps changing. But many of us are afraid of making changes. What does it entail? What does it require to be successful in life? There is no shortcut to success. So, number one, it requires hard work. There is no place at the top for the lazy person. It requires diligence. It requires truthfulness to oneself. And let me add this, it requires spiritual covering, which you already have in this church. If you are here tonight, you live in Lexington, Nicholasville, all these areas, and you don't have a home church, it's not an accident that you are hearing my word. God has brought you to a home church. You need a spiritual covering where you also get mentoring. Mentoring is learning freely, cheaply what somebody paid a price for. That's what you get from mentoring. So you must, you must accept the responsibility that come with being at the top. Somebody following me tonight? Number five, you must engage the power and the virtue of the word. And that's where we started from. You must live inside God's word. Everything came out of the word. Everything answers to the word. Everything answers to its maker. Now, this is an iPad. The programming of these things comes from Apple. I can't go to Samsung to have them fix it or do anything for me. It has to be Apple. You and I came out of God's word. It's only God's word that can fix our lives. Are you hearing me tonight? Everything answers to its maker. Everything came out of the word. Everything answers to the word. I don't care any kinds of problem challenges you have in life. The solution is in God's word. Are you hearing me tonight? You go back to the word and do what the word of God says to do. I told you what I did. In the year 2000, I was humanly, physically helpless. But when you have the Bible, you are not helpless. So you must engage the virtue of the word. Some of you, well, I don't even hear God speaks. God can speak to everyone as long as you can read. Because the Bible is a written prophecy of God. 
Every page of the Bible is God speaking to you. I've received testimony from the written word in 24 hours, in a couple of days, many times, more than the audible voice. When you study God's word, you see the Holy Spirit arresting you on a verse. God is speaking to you from that verse. It may be a chapter. It may be a couple of verses. It is God speaking to you. One of the most powerful encounters we had in God's word is Exodus chapter 23 of verse 25 and 26. You shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and your water. He will take sickness away from the midst of thee. None shall be barren in thy land. I said to myself, I will serve, he will bless. You shall serve, he shall bless. I received this. I said to myself, if all I need to do to serve God is to be blessed, I will never stop serving. I'll be a fool to stop serving. I can't count how many breakthroughs we have seen. People that couldn't have children, have children because of these verses of Scripture. No shall be barren in thy land. The Bible is God's eternal law. When you apply it to your situations, it complies. Is somebody following me tonight? You can take the Bible and chant it to an enemy at workplace. You can go to the office. Somebody's making life difficult for you. Find a couple of scripture. You declare it. You are speaking into the realms of the spirit. Everything we see in life has a root in the spiritual realm. So you must engage the virtue of God's word. In the beginning was the word, John chapter 1 and verse 1. And the word was with God and the word was God. It was the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So there was nothing that exists that didn't come out of the word. So everything must respond to its maker. So engage the virtue of the word. As long as you have a Bible, you have a solution in your hand. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of souls and spirit, and joints and marrow. You know what that means? The word of God can do surgery without a cut on the body. The word of God can go into your body. It can touch where doctors can touch. Medically speaking, there are some surgery they say cannot be done, but not God's word. There is no surgery for emotional healing. They manage it. But the word of God can touch your soul, your spirit, your mind. It can take away the pain. It can take away the hurt. It can take away all the disappointment. You can become a brand new person. For the word of God is healing and powerful. 